Welcome to Accepted, Secrets of New York City School Admissions. I'm here with Alina Adams, author of the ebook Getting into New York City Kindergarten. I'm Victoria Chapman, and today we're going to talk about what your child should be doing in preschool to get ready for kindergarten admissions, or as I like to call it, kindergarten prep. So Alina, Recap, what have we been talking about so far? Well, we've been talking about all the options that you have for your child's kindergarten. You have, of course, your local zone school, but that's not a guarantee because, as I'm sure people know, a lot of schools are overcrowded, especially the most popular schools. You have unzoned schools, which is schools you can apply to from your district. Those are public schools. You have public school gifted and talented programs. You have public school dual language programs. You have public school magnet programs. You have private schools schools, you have charter schools, you have a school like Hunter College Elementary. We've dedicated an episode to practically all of those things, and you can find them if you go back and get a lot more detail on each one of those. Okay, so we've covered all these bases, and and go back, check the podcast, listen to them again. I'm sure every time you listen, you're going to pick up something new that's going to be specific to what you need. But today is the big day when it comes to Kindergarten Connect. Um, first, remind us about Kindergarten Connect. Kindergarten Connect is a form that goes live today, Monday, December 7th, where you will be able to rank in order your choices for what kindergarten you want your child to attend. Now, this form only includes general ed zoned kindergarten, unzoned kindergarten, dual language programs, and magnet schools. It does not include charter schools, it does not include gifted and talented programs, and it does not include private schools. But today is the day. This form will be open until January 15th, and you need to rank all of your choices. I strongly urge people to rank the schools in the true order that you prefer them. Don't try to game the system by playing numbers like thinking, oh, okay, well, this school is less popular than that school, so if I put it first, no. You will be given your first available school. So do not play around with the numbers. Truly link them in order. In addition, unless you are given your first choice, you will be automatically waitlisted for all the schools that you put ahead of the school that you actually got. So that if you are given your fifth choice, you will be waitlisted for your fourth, third, second, and first choice. So once again, today is the day. Make sure you list the schools in the order that you genuinely prefer. And um, was there a change in the number of slots? Or There used to be 20 slots. This year there's only 12, but that's not that much of a difference. I've never met a family who has 20 schools that they'd be willing to go to. Okay, great. So Kindergarten Connect, get on that. You've got until January 15th. Unless, of course, they change the deadline again, like they did this year for the gifted and talented admissions and for some other things. So right now, it's January 15th. What it will be on January 15th, I have no way of knowing. Okay, but if if it were to change, because you've indicated that it has changed before... How is a parent supposed to stay up on that? Well, here's the thing. If you've already filed your form, extending it won't change anything. The schools are not first come, first served. That's another thing that's important to remember. Don't think that because you signed up before somebody else, you're going to get a spot at the school. The only reason to know that the deadline might be extended is if it slipped your mind. But here's the thing. You are listening to these podcasts, and I will not let it slip your mind. Excellent. Okay. So now... It can be hard to think about kindergarten when you feel like your child is just starting preschool. 
but preschool is a key part of the kindergarten admissions process. Now, um, I understand there are two kinds of preschool in New York City. There's private and public, um, also known as universal pre-K. Universal pre-K is the school that might be at your local public school. It might be at a private preschool that's providing universal pre-K services. So you actually, it's a little confusing. You have private preschools where you have to apply to and you will pay to go there. And you might have a private preschool that's providing universal pre-K services, which means your child will go to a private school, but they will do it for free. Okay, and so there's public schools in a public school setting, public schools in a private Private school school setting. setting. Or a community center. Or community center, and then there's private schools. And then there's private schools. So make sure when you're looking at a school, don't assume that a school isn't universal pre-K just because it's a private school, and don't assume that all four-year-old programs are universal pre-K. Now, is it helpful... um, um, You've talked with a couple of um, experts in this area, and we're going to get to that in a second, but is it helpful to be in a private pre-K if you want to go feed into a private kindergarten or the the other way around? It really depends. Here's the thing. If you are in a public school for universal pre-K, you do not have automatic admission into kindergarten. So don't think that just because you got into a school for pre-K, you have automatic admission for kindergarten there. The flip side of that is if you are in a private preschool that feeds into a private school, you most likely will be allowed to continue. Okay, so that sounds like a, a what could be considered an advantage. All right, when we come back, Alina will talk with two experts in the world of pre-K. Um, she'll speak with Maria Nunziata of River Park Nursery School. That's a participant in the city's universal pre-K program. And Brenton Parson of Park Avenue Methodist Day School. And they'll both be sharing some tricks of the trade. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Accepted Secrets of New York City School Admissions with Alina Adams, author of the ebook Getting into New York City Kindergarten. River Park Nursery School on Manhattan's Upper West Side has been serving that area's children ages two to five for over four decades. And this year, River Park became a universal pre K school, which means four year olds can now attend for free. Lena recently spoke with River Park's co director, Maria Nunziata, about what the school does to get your children ready for kindergarten admissions. Hello, Maria. Welcome getting in, into getting into NYC kindergarten. Hi, Alina. How are you? I'm great. Let's talk about the most important thing that's on the mind of most New York City parents. What should your child be doing in pre-K to get them ready for kindergarten? Well, I think the kinds of things that are important for kindergarten are um, basic social skills, um, and that would be through play and working in small groups and large groups of children, following directions from teachers or peers, um, having a lot of success so that they're um, feeling great about themselves and want to be become risk 
takers so that they can take on the new challenges that kindergarten has to offer them. There are certain specific things that I know um, kindergarten curriculum looks for, and they are quantitative skills and concepts that children have, things like patterning, shapes, visual shape, uh, visual spatial relationships, um, the ability to decode once they're in kindergarten, and the kinds of things we do in pre-K are um, audio discrimination, visual discrimination, that meaning um, uh, finding out what's wrong in pictures, uh, what's the same about pictures, what sounds can you recognize, um, do you hear any unfamiliar sounds, can you identify them, so um, visual audio um, experiences are very important to have lots of um, exposure to um, so that they're ready for that decoding process, which is, which is what happens, and um, working on becoming independent, like being able to take care of your own clothes in your cubby, uh, matching your own pairs of shoes, knowing what umbrella is yours. So these little things that happen very naturally and normally throughout the day encourage independence and get children ready for the expectations of being able to follow directions and meet the curriculum goals that uh, kindergarten expects of children. So when you use terms like decoding and all sorts of other things, what should parents look for when they walk into a potential preschool to make sure that this is the kind of schools that offers those skills? What tangible things should they be looking for? Well, I think uh, a lot um, that you should look for are, I'm sorry, um, um, to look around the classroom and look look on the walls to see what kinds of um, children's dictation is being hung up on there, to see if there are word games that are being hung up on there, uh, to see if, if it's child-oriented, not just teacher-oriented. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be the cat family and the, uh, the ox family, but things that words literature from the children, little stories that they make up, pictures and, and dictation that they may say about it, and um, and also some creative and inventive spelling, so that if the child wants to write stop sign on their picture, they can do that. Labeling around the classroom is a very natural way to inter um, introduce language and literature to your children on familiar signs like exits, cubbies, art center, uh, block room and those particular areas. So things that are familiar to children that are put up in print reinforce that decoding process. And again, it's important to use a lot of what comes from them so that they're the leaders in that and they'll be able to have successful experiences with it. For parents who are nervous or anxious about the test that their children may have to take to get into kindergarten, what skills might they be learning right now in pre-K that will get them ready for those tests? Um, a lot of uh, verbal comprehension, being able to experience and understand what's being spoken to them because these tests have specific um, statements as far as what the children are supposed to have to listen to and follow the directions of. So the fact that if children can listen to, um, let's turn to the red page and find the square box and the red page, there are multiple kinds of um, directions that the children are given. So if they have experience with that, they're more familiar with that particular process. Um, verbal reasoning, the ability to gain um, and to express what they're seeing and why they're putting particular shapes or colors or animals together, There'll be um, those will be components of the test. So not only is the child to ask to group things together, but what made you come up with that conclusion? So if children are playing sorting and grouping games, to allow them to engage in verbal activity, verbal, the verbal process of that experience also, so that they'll have that experience and knowledge under their belt. Um, 
And also when it comes to explaining why this group has more than that, because this has five and that only has two. So having your child work on the verbal expressions of them is definitely a component, component that's looked at and scored in these tests. Now, how many years have you been doing this? How many years has River Park been in operation? Uh, River Park's here for 47 years, and I'm here for 40 of those years. So you've pretty much seen it all. Well, I've grown up here, and I've learned a lot about it, and I've had um, excellent opportunities to understand the value of all of it and also to make it pleasurable for children so that these expectations come very naturally for them. So currently you offer a program for threes, and you also offer universal pre-K for fours. How can parents find out more about River Park? We have a website that's riverparknurserieschool.com. We advertise in local papers, uh, Big Apple Parents. We have word of mouth. We're always in the, we're on the Upper West Side, so we're always in the playground. It is a parent co-op also, so parents help us with advertisement. We go out to playgrounds. We leave flyers in local areas. Uh, they can contact us at riverparknf at verizon.net, and they can call us because we still love phone conversations at 212-663-1205. So it can be through our internet. It can be through our website. It can be through street fairs. We do the Amsterdam Avenue and the Columbus Avenue street fairs. We do the Columbia University Child Care Fair. Um, we try to get involved in as many community events to expose um, the community to us and us to the community. Terrific. Thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate your insight. You're welcome. I appreciate her participating and good luck. So that was Maria Nunziata of River Park Nursery School, a universal pre-K. But what do private schools do differently when it comes to preparing your child for getting into the school of your dreams? Park Avenue Methodist Brinton Parson lets us in on some closely guarded secrets. When we return, we'll be right back. Welcome back to Accepted Secrets of New York City School Admissions with Alina Adams, author of the ebook Getting into New York City Kindergarten. Now, we're talking about um, how your child's preschool helps towards getting them ready for the competitive New York City Kindergarten admissions race. And Alina recently spoke with Brenton Parson, director of Park Avenue Methodist Day School on Manhattan's Upper East Side, about the role she plays not just with the kids, but with their parents as well. Take a listen. Brenton, welcome to Getting Into NYC Kindergarten. Thank you, Alina. Nice to be here. So we're going to just jump right into a very important topic that all parents in New York are concerned about. What should your child be doing in preschool to get ready for kindergarten admissions? Well, if you talk to almost any admissions officer at any school and at any level, what they're really looking for are traits in successful students as opposed to certain amounts of knowledge uh, or specific skills. And those traits in particular for kindergarten are things such as following directions, ability to listen, cooperating in a group, completing tasks on demand. Um, they're looking for certain creativity, active imagination, flexibility of thought, persistence, risk-taking, spontaneity. And how do they test for those things? 
uh, different schools test for them in different ways. And um, without the advantage or disadvantage, however, <laughs> whatever your perspective, of the um, Educational Records Bureau standardized test, mm -hmm. the independent schools are, in fact, each testing each candidate in their own way. And as a result of that, the interview process for the families has become somewhat longer. And the the process does, in fact, involve the school assessing children on mm -hmm. many different measures. This would be done during the play date, the interview process? Correct. Now, how does your being in a preschool prepare the child? What kind of things do you do in the classroom that gets them ready for these assessments that they're going to face? Well, a child that is in a preschool classroom, by definition, is learning to listen to adults who are outside of their family. They are learning to uh, follow directions. They are learning to be cooperative members of a group. Um, so that, that does establish a difference between children who are, for instance, in a preschool as opposed to children who are simply at home or with a babysitter. Um, I think that there is certainly a difference in different kinds of preschool uh, approaches and different pedagogic models. What kind of pedagogic model does your school use? We use a play-based model, and um, a, it is statistically shown that children between the ages of three and five learn best through play, and that in fact they do acquire all of the important uh, traits by playing with one another, especially under the direction and guidance of well-trained teachers in what one would call a controlled classroom environment. Now, there's more to, it sounds silly to say, but there's more to the kindergarten admissions process than just the child. They assess the child, but there's a lot more that goes into it. What does the preschool director and the preschool contribute to helping parents get through the process? Well, at our particular school, we begin in the spring by inviting parents to hear um, a variety of different presentations on the public school application process if anyone is interested in either applying to a specialized school or a gifted and talented program. Uh, and we run a group meeting about the process of applying to independent schools and parochial schools as well. And although many of the schools have their own specific admissions process, there are, there are many statements that can be made about the admissions process in general. So beyond the group meetings, then all of the families at, at Park Avenue Methodist Day School are encouraged to come and meet with me individually, mm -hmm. where, um, it, in which meeting we can put together a list of schools that would be appropriate for their particular family to start to research. And we have as many meetings as the family likes in terms of uh, recreating the list, honing the list, and then ultimately in, in the fall, making applications to schools and expressing uh, true interest in, by going through the application process. Now, do you serve as a conduit between the parents and the ongoing schools? Is there feedback? How does that process work? Uh, different different ongoing schools have clearly have very different relationships with um, different preschools and different preschool directors throughout the city. And many of the ongoing school admissions offices do not have any contact with mm. preschools or preschool directors. And many 
especially now that the Educational Records Bureau test has been eliminated, have started to make a point of coming to see the candidates mm -hmm. in the applicant pool in the preschool setting. So I have been in touch personally with many more admissions offices this year uh, than in years past. Now, when they come to visit the child at your school, how do you sort of put the child in the best light? How do you present the child? Well, that's that's a good question, and I think that at, at, um, I always ask the admissions office what it is they're looking for, and often that will depend on what they have already seen in the child's playground mm. setting. So if they've assessed a child and they're wondering whether or not this is a child that is, in fact, cooperative in a group, they might ask to see the class in a group meeting. If they're wondering whether or not this is a child that has trouble completing a task, they might ask to see the child doing individual work and see how they persevere or persist. So it really, I, I always make um, the, the, the choice up to the admissions director coming to uh, just give them the option. And now the final piece of the puzzle. Um, my husband, who has worked in many independent schools, always says, remember, they're not rejecting your child, they're rejecting you. Let's, let's, let's talk about the role parents play in the process and how can parents make sure that they put their best foot forward when they're interviewed. Well, I think that the, the best way to approach um, the application process for your child is to consider uh, considered from the standpoint of the school. And, and the ongoing schools are looking to welcome into their community not only children who will be successful in their particular environment, but families that will be happy there. Mm -hmm. So the best thing that you can do as a family is to really be well educated as to what it is a school is offering and make sure that that is, in fact, what you want. Um, and and then again, uh, they're looking for cooperation among the children. Be, be a cooperative parent applicant. You mm -hmm. know, uh, take the process as seriously as you would a job interview for yourself. Mm -hmm. All right. Thank you very much for joining us today. We really appreciate your advice. Thank you for asking me. Well, there you have it. <laughs> now go forth and apply. Okay, um, Alina, we've got a question from a listener, and that is, because of the difference in age cutoffs between public and private school kindergartens, what are the pros and cons of having um, one's child do public kindergarten for a year and then applying to a private school the following year? All right, well, this is something that comes up a lot because the birthday cutoffs are different. Public school needs your child to be turning five years old during the calendar year when they will start kindergarten, which means it doesn't matter if your child's birthday is January 1st or December 31st, that is the year they will start kindergarten. What that also means is that if your child has a birthday in October, November, December, it means they will be starting kindergarten before they turn five years old. Private schools, most of them will tell you that their cutoff is September 1st, but in reality, it's more like June 1st or even May, because especially boys with summer birthdays are often considered immature, and schools would rather they wait a little bit before they started private kindergarten. So a question that comes up a lot from parents is, can my child do a year of public kindergarten and then I will apply them to private kindergarten? There's a couple of problems with that. One is that your child would start public kindergarten in September and you would instantly have to be applying them to private school, which means that the teachers who would be writing recommendations for them are teachers who have only known them for a few weeks. If your child is applying to kindergarten from a private preschool or even a UPK, 
the teacher has had more time to get to know them. This way the teacher will not really know your child, might not be able to write as good of a letter of recommendation. Another thing is that preschool directors know that a part of their job is to write letters of recommendation for kids to kindergarten. A kindergarten teacher may not feel that's a part of their job and it may be harder for you to get that letter. On the other hand, the pro is if your child goes to public kindergarten for a year, that's a year you're not paying $40,000. Okay. So, quick question. If, if, what if a parent is not interested in sending their child to pre-K? Does, what, is the, what are the chances with that? You do not have to send your child to pre-K. Pre-K is not mandatory. You can do the entire application process yourself. You can apply the child. You can write. Um, you can get the applications filled out and do all of the essays yourself. You need to do that anyway. What happens with a preschool is that they are able to be sort of an objective voice talking about your child. And especially if the school has a good relationship with the preschool director and they can trust what the preschool director has to say, then they will take it very, very seriously, the letter that the preschool directors write saying, you know what, this child would be perfect for your school. Okay, so the recommendations are not required, but they are always helpful. Some schools do need some sort of recommendation, but then again, it doesn't have to be a preschool teacher. It could be if your child has done a Jimboree class or a class at the community center or someone else. It's just that as a rule, preschool directors, that's what they do, so they really know what they're doing. Understood. Um, Okay, and what if your child's been a little bit of a handful. How does that work when it comes to recommendations? Then they're spirited and other <laughs> key words. The fact is your child can be a handful and still be very smart and might make a very good student, but also the preschool director, because they have been handling your little handful for a year, can also advise you as to what school and what kindergarten would be the best place for them. That is really good news. That's that's good. That's And, and that helps parents kind of know how to navigate I always say, when people say to me, how do I know what's the best school for my child? I said, really listen to your preschool director. Don't listen to them 100% in the sense that it goes against your own gut feeling, but your preschool director and your child's preschool teachers really do know what they're doing. Okay, so... Where are you going to be talking next? Um, Well, I've got a couple of events coming up. I've actually got one tomorrow, December 8th, at the Little Bits Store, which is downtown in Soho. And then December 9th at Torley Kids, which is a children's clothing boutique. And on December 15th, I'll be at Crave It, which is a bakery, which means baked goods come with the talk. That's always fun. So go to my website, alinaadams.com. You can get all the information about my events, and you can RSVP there. And that's also where they can get the book? That is also where they can get the book via a link to Amazon. And when you buy the book, you get the newsletter? I, you, when you buy the book, you, get, you can then at the end subscribe to my mailing list where you will get updates every time there's any kind of change. For instance, like let's say Kindergarten Connect is extended past January 15th. I'll make sure to let you know. Excellent. Well... That about wraps it up for today. Um, Next week, I think we're talking about faith and education. That should be a non-controversial one at all. For those who um, observe, happy Hanukkah. And we will see you, hear you, whatever, next week. (laughs) Take care.